Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Round 10 is in the books, and we are back for another episode of the fifth and last NRL podcast. And a quick hello to all our viewers on Periscope, uh, something Brock introduced me to last week. I had absolutely no idea what it is, how it works, and to be honest, I'm kind of weirded out that people are willing <laughs> to look at my face or my head. I'm sorry if it looks like I'm ignoring you during the podcast, but I'm trying to put the blinders on basically like a horse and focus on the task at hand. Boxhead, what's doing? Uh, very little, my friend, very little. We uh, did second night of Kaizen last night, uh, the Rugby League Academy, so that's got off the ground quite well. Um, so, you know, after a few weeks of teething, uh, you know, things are starting to run a little bit smoother out there at Pepper, which is good. Kaizen Sports Performance, for everybody out there, we've mentioned before, one of the partners of the show, if you're looking at that on Facebook, Kaizen, K-A-I-Z-E-N. And it means improvement. Like I said the other week, I learned something. It does. So good In times. hard Japanese. And we also love Rugby League Coaching Manual, helping coaches since 93 <laughs> from my memory. I I'll would... tell you what, I, uh, I watched one of those. <clears throat> what are they? The things they have on the, a Sunday the night? The webinar. The webinar. Yeah. I, I thought they were videoed. No, they're live. So we're ahead of them. We've got Periscope. We're good, on video. Good times. RLCM, pick up your game. RLCM. And then obviously <laughs> WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the sport, the NRL or any sport, you make sure you do it with William Hill. I absolutely bombed out on the charity bet this week, so good times there. But we kick things off as we always do, fast five and for all you on Periscope, as we can see. Um, we answer questions from you at the end if you haven't already put something up for the fast five on Facebook or Twitter. But best, worst, high, low, any questions coming out of the round? Highlight, Brock. Uh, was sold out Saturday. I loved uh, Christchurch. I thought that was a great initiative by the Panthers. Um, and then obviously the the double header at Suncorp Stadium. I thought it went off really, really well. Obviously, it was a sellout uh, and probably highlighted mostly by your mob and the Cowboys who turned on a, a cracker game. Uh, and the, I, I went, I actually attended the Eels and Rabbitohs game. So there was a lot of emotion out there at Parramatta Stadium. One thing that surprised me was that they didn't sell it out. There was all this talk that they were going to yeah, sell it out. Well, I heard that things stored significantly once they found out what happened to Pete. So there was a lot of people that weren't happy to go support okay. the club after that move. Well, so. to be there for the... Uh, they did a bit of a standing ovation for Pete's yeah. in, in the, the ninth minute. Yeah. I didn't even know it was happening. Yeah. Um, it was very Wanderers-esque. It was a bit A-leaguey. Um, they sort of do a lot of that stuff. But uh, I, th- I thought that was a, a quality game. Well, probably not a quality game, but it was an exciting game in that it ebbed and flowed and... South ended up stealing it at the end, but yeah. um, it's only the second game I've actually attended all year. So Randomly off point, I know it doesn't make any Parramatta fans feel better, but they were going to lose Nathan Peets anyway. There was no money for next year. They're struggling to keep Norman. I think that's the priority right now, so I'm not defending the move at all. It's absolute bullshit that it did happen. He had to move. 
Yeah. Um, it's the board's well, fault. It's bullshit in the fact that, but it's their own mismanagement. Yeah, it's their own mismanagement. But going forward for next year, a lot of people that I work with a couple are blowing up going, why are we letting him go? Number one, someone needs to pick the contract up. They needed to offload a certain amount of value. He's one of the only players someone was willing to pick up. Number two, they're struggling to keep Norman. He's on about half a million right now, wants 800, which he clearly deserves if Moses uh, and By and Brooks are all pushing for six or 700. Yeah. And literally there's no money left for him. If they're going to struggle to keep Norman and that's their priority, there is nothing left for Pete's. So I can't defend the move, but that's just more explaining to people why. Well, it and depends yeah, also who you're going to move on. Yeah, and all these that's the other thing. People are going, why can't they get rid of David Gower or Vaitiato and that? Because no club's going to pay the full freight, and it's not enough. To well, get you can't just get rid of them. No, nah, you need them to agree, you need another club to agree, and then they don't have to pay the full freight. So Pete's was basically the only decent option there. Uh, and people, other people said Jennings and these other guys, they've got long-term deals now. So yeah. it's an unfortunate situation. It shouldn't happen. It's uh, the club's mismanagement, so I hope those five blokes get towed up. That's still dragging on, but waiting, hopefully, to hear the news that they're deregistered and no longer have an involvement. But my highlight was similar to yours. It was more just that Storm Cowboys game. The the Broncos, manly one, was pretty dour for me, but Storm Cowboys, what a contest. Absolutely outstanding game of rugby league. Was uh, into that one the whole time. Obviously, the Melbourne thing's one side of it, but that was just a really good game of rugby league. Yep. So, big fan. Low light. Uh, I thought the English elbow. I thought he's absolutely hit the bloke flush, knocked him out, and it didn't even go on report. I think the head... I'm not defending the elbow, but I think it was more the head slam that did the job, but he did get him... But it was a head slam with the elbow. Yeah, he kind of got him on the way through. You can't can't use your elbow in any aspect of the game. And for him to... It was a penalty to not be put on report for a blatant elbow. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. The other one was an eight-point try. I thought it should have been an eight-point try... Um, when Radvara scored, and uh, I, don't, I can't remember the South player that came across, but kneed him in the head. Yeah. Well, like, if that's not an eight-point try, I don't know what is. Oh, you mean Paul Carter's one? Paul Carter. I, I, I get that you're allowed to go in and try and stop the try, but yeah. you're not allowed to make contact with the head. Nah, but I kind of thought that was misfortunate, but again... Okay, so what about all the ones where Billy Slater slid in and penalised him or put him on report? Oh, he's done it with his foot and all that. They end up changing well, it's the, the rules. Same so. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Shitting me to tears watching it live. Like so, that means that I can basically, if someone's going to score a try and I'm in the vicinity, I can knee him in the back or knee him wherever I want. You can go try and stop the effort if you want, but, but I can knee. Him I, I thought when he slid in, the ball still hadn't been grounded, but he copped you on the way through. I agree with you, but his face, other was just an accident to be honest. Yeah, it's a joke. Um, and the other one was the Raiders having to get dressed in the dark. Yeah, well, you like can... I mean, they should have. They should have moved them into another yeah, part of the power, stadium. There's a power outage. I work with power. I'm telling you. If you yeah, yeah, I get if, all if that. If their circuits out and it was like a certain part of a building or a different part of a circuit, they probably couldn't have put them anywhere else. Well, Unless yeah, you're but... going to get them to share change rooms, which is... Well, you could almost do that because those change rooms, there's more than one change room on, on either side of the tunnel. You know that better than anyone. So, uh, look, I, it frustrated me hearing that and then you watch the way they performed. It's no excuse for the way that Canberra played. No. Um, but still, we're in a modern, modern world. I think the standard Couldn't of that... could they bring in spotlights or bring in something? standard of that game, to me, had a big effect of the short turnaround, that you could play a fixture like City Country, which they had eight players combined in well, that yeah, game. It and was they a four-day turnaround. Three days, Sunday to Thursday. You got Monday, they would have went home, most of them. Tuesday, Wednesday, they probably... Yeah, but from the time the road, of kickoff, so. it's basically four days, exactly. Yeah. So you lo- And you're right, you lose a day. So basically, and you lose the day it's of the game. Turnaround. It's a two-day turnaround. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, if you put the internationals in that also played, say, Friday, or on the international other games, there's probably 10 or more. Yeah. So it wasn't really a week off for them. 
Uh, my low light was Sharks Newcastle. I thought the Sharks were obviously brilliant, but Newcastle, like I said, it's it's one of those ones every week. I'm still going to watch, but it's just a teething period. It's a hard time. They're going to have to do exactly this. And Nathan Brown come out and said today basically exactly what I thought. Where we've got about three million of our seven million spent this year, but we're not taking anyone's scraps, which I agree with. And I had a guy at work that I told him about the. Tony Williams offer that was made earlier in the year by the Bulldogs going, oh, the former New South Wales and Australian backer, oh, like, well, why do you pay 500 for something no that's just dead weight? And he's no basically way. said... You can't that. get a run at the Bulldogs. Yeah, but so. just, he's said the right thing, though. You're not going to pay freight for dead money if it doesn't mean anything to you. You're going to blood that core group. You're going to suffer for the next couple of years. You're hopefully going to find a couple of older guys like Well, their, their SG ball, their under-18s at the moment, are quality. They've got some quality kids in there, a quality nine, a couple of quality halves, full-backs, outside-backs. So I think they've already got quality halves as, we, as it stands. They just don't have the experience of the do. players around them. So. I don't think they do. What, you don't like Cogger or Lamb? What you've seen coming through? Not really. I have in a decent side. and They're not getting any help at the yeah. moment. And I think Levi, I liked a lot of what I saw as well. But you, what are you supposed how to much do? Of that, how much of that $3 million is Mullen chewing up? Well, Hodkinson's on about six-ish. So they've well, spent be a mil, about, there'd be a mill between those two. There's about three, three and a half they've spent. So they're basically literally borderline on only half their money spent. Yeah. And they, they want to move players on still. So I really hope they do stick with him because he's being ruthless, but it's needed. Yeah. It really is needed. Yeah. And I agree with it. He's not paying any dead money for someone just for the sake of it. And I agree with that because they've done that in the past and he's basically tapped on that pack. So. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, low light just watching them go through that pain though. But who's your best? Uh, the Storm, the Titans, I thought. Um, the Storm were just grinding and clinical. Uh, the Titans, I thought, were a little bit clunky and Roosters were off their game, but it's a big win for the Titans to beat the Roosters um, yeah. at home and we'll, we'll stand down the barrel of six losses in, the, in a row. So uh, an important win if they, they've got aspirations to make the eight. And they're roundabouts um, and we're almost at the halfway point. So uh, best player, I thought Valentine's, Valentine Holmes' performance on Sunday, he looked like he had spiders on him. Um, yeah, he's scored four tries. He could have easily scored six. Yeah. Um, well, he probably should have scored five. There was one there where he didn't back himself late in the game. And there are a few others where if the Newcastle defence was a little bit more stout and they had to string a few more passes together, he probably would have scored. But um, we'll get on to Newcastle. Yeah, my best. I had team the Sharks. I know, again, I said they've played an understrength side, but they're easy games just to flop for make lots of errors, get caught up in the whole occasion. They were a little bit clunky for the first 10-15 because they pushed the envelope a little bit. Then they realised all they needed to do was get through their sets, get a roll in which they were getting easily, shift off the back of it. There was plenty of just simple early ball to the edges and taken apart, but 62 points, very clinical. Wasn't a bad player on the field. No one was greedy. They got to both their wingers multiple times, both their back rows. So it shows you pretty simple football when you're you know, yeah. playing against a side like that. Individually, Anthony Milford, um, he destroyed Manly. It's pretty disappointing in their ruck defence, especially so early in the game to be exposed like that. But the bloke's a freak. Yeah. He's an absolute gun. He set up a couple. He scored a double. Uh, he's on another planet. It's ridiculous. Oh, he's playing outstanding footy. And, you know, we're probably lucky as New South Welshman that he can't be selected for origin because he'd had a little bit coming off the bench for, for Queensland. Yeah. Uh, worst? Well, I thought, obviously, Newcastle are the glaring one. They were the worst performance of the weekend, but... I think it's been a little bit hard on them. They've got a young side, nah, a lot of injuries. Uh, but for me, it was the Roosters. No excuses now. They've got Pierce back. They've got Wairia Hargreaves back. Yaho on the bench. Tokiaho was back. Uh, they're basically, well, last night they were as, probably as strong as they've been all season. Uh, and they, they had no excuse for the way they performed last night. Um, and as an individual, I thought Martin Tapao, I think he's been a waste of money for Manly, um, but just capped off on the stupid tackle he, he 
uh, delivery on Matt Gillette, like that could have gone horrendously wrong. When, whenever you let go, you're asking for trouble, basically. Yeah, he, it's, mate, Marty, get off the squats and get off the deadlifts and get off the bench press and go and work on your tackle tech. Mm. It's, yeah, horrendous. I thought it was a really, really bad tackle. And he's looking at, well, he's looking at three to four weeks. Well, he, so, got, he got three, basically. So he took an early guilty plea? I think what I read today, it was three weeks. Well, he'd be mad not to take an early guilty plea, to be honest. Well, I thought, like I said before, he got away with murder with that swinging arm already. That that was, you know, out of 15 levels of the gradings and the, yeah. the level, I thought the fact he got a one basically means that everyone who gets out of this year should go appeal it. Well, yeah, exactly right. That, the other one he got away with was worse than the Gillette tackle. Feet were planted, ball was already dropped, clearly saw it, and he still KO'd him. So yeah, hit him on the chin. That's not careless or dangerous, it's reckless. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Bordering, but, bordering on intentional. You're asking for trouble, though, like I said. Whenever you lift, you need to control the body. Yeah. If you let go, like you did, you basically, you've just left fate in its own hands. And as soon as you let go of him and you land on the back of his neck or head, he's lucky it didn't end up worse. Yeah. So it was a stupid tackle. My worst... Uh, Jackie White's pass. That was terrible. Yeah, yeah. And I know a lot of people are blowing up going, what about Rapana's smart-ass one as well? I know, but still, Rapana's throwing like a three or four-metre pass with no, a couple of blokes away from him. Jackie's just launched a hand grenade. He threw like a 20-metre ball. Yeah. You're asking for trouble. And all the Dragons had pushed up by that stage. I don't encourage either of the passes, to be honest, but he had a bad night in general. He let a couple of footballs go. He had a look one time under a bomb and the chase was coming. He made some critical errors and... Not saying it would have made a difference in the game, but he certainly didn't help. He, did, he had a real, real hard night the other night. Yeah. So, yeah, not one of his best moments, but what about questions? Uh, the, the finals chances for Parramatta and the Roosters, are they gone? I think Parramatta's are definitely gone. So they've got to win. They can only basically lose two more games. 12 or 14, and I already mapped this out. They've still got to play the Broncos, they've Melbourne. They've got to play Sharks and Melbourne in the next two weeks. Yeah, and they've got to play the Broncos, and then they've got to play Penrith. There's a couple of sides I highlight that are games that are 50-50 or less probability of them winning. Yeah. Uh, and you've so taken Pete's out now as well. I'm willing to say that Parramatta are done. i got the Roosters uh, too. I think the Roosters are... It's going to take a massive effort. Yeah, but you have to think about Origin. I, I really expected them to win last night. So did I. Um, and uh, origin is what you've got to think about. They need 10 or 14, and you already know that Cordner, Guerra are both gone and Ferguson's gone. So both your back rowers are centre. They're really light on in the backs this year, yep. or they're struggling those positions, and you saw how much of a difference Cordner's made in his two games back. And they've got Orbison playing in the centres right now to cover for that weakened spot, let alone the back row. So if you're taking those three out, and then Pierce possibly, I don't know what's going to happen there, but those three alone is enough for me to say they're not winning 10 or 14. I wouldn't think and so. And then I'm backing up Jared Rea last night. I had a few people go, oh, he's played terrible. He's just come back from an E-ring. Well, yeah, so he's not go- you're not going to see the best of Jared until he at least gets a month, six weeks of football under his belt, recovers well, gets some confidence back in your knee because it's all good to lift weights and do all the rehab. I've done it a couple of times. When you start playing again, there's a more of a mental thing or a thought in tackles you go into. Sounds crazy because in the heat of the moment you no, probably should. Well, it's not. It'd be. It's like anything. But you don't do you it. You need for, time until it just well, becomes second nature again. Yeah, you don't do it for nine to twelve months. It's yeah. it's obviously going to take that. Something as simple though. Someone holding onto your peg and you have got three guys on you. You're thinking about it. You're like, hold on a sec. I might sure. want to go down or stop here or try and set my feet. Like, yeah. So I think it's not enough time for them to turn things around. Ten or fourteen with the origin effect kicking. You, in. You're probably a month away from seeing Warrior Hargreaves' best footy. Yeah, and Tokyo. Six even last night I highlighted uh, when we were watching the game if you're back from a medial two weeks early which he basically is you've still got Scar against Swelling so he's not going to still move he's still he's good to go but he's not going to move that well for a few weeks as well Yeah. so he basically needs a clean run or no reoccurrence of you know Scar tissue or any fluid so both those guys right now are playing uh, you know with probably 80% yeah. 90% mentally um, and any any percentage in the NRL is enough to hurt you so 
not a not a great thing. Any other questions? Uh, your New South Wales side, obviously, that's going to be named next Monday uh, at lunchtime. So it'll be obviously before we record uh, our next podcast. So I think we better put down on paper uh, or put on record who we're, who we're going to pick. So do you want to do yours first or you want me to do mine? Well, you can do yours. I'll, I'll literally just knock mine up five minutes ago. I've got uh, Kurt at fullback, Ferguson and Mansour on the wings, Dugan and Jennings in the centres, Pierce and Maloney in the halves, Gallen and Tamo in the front row. I think you, the only place we can pick Gallen is at, yeah, in the front in row. in the prop. Uh, Farrah, just because I think there's no one as good as Farrah to pick at nine. Uh, and then the back row, look, I had Bo Scott out at the end of last year's Origin Series, but I think he's been Parramatta's best player uh, this year, you know, along with Corey Norman. He's definitely been their best forward. Uh, I've got Boyd Cordner and then Greg Bird at lock. Uh, on the bench, I've got Merrin, Wade Graham, Bryce Cartwright and Andrew Fafita. I've left Aaron Woods out. He's only just come back. Jason Taylor started him from the bench on the weekend. I don't think... I think he's a great club player. He's a numbers man. Uh, I, I don't think he's had a great impact, and I think he's had... Not had his chance, but for me, if you if I was going to fit another prop in there, it'd be Regan Campbell-Gillard. It wouldn't be Aaron Woods. Yeah, well, my big one was fullback. Uh, there's a number of ways you can go, and it basically readjusts the whole way I use the back line. But they're talking that he's going to pick Moylan. If he picks Moylan, I don't have a problem with I that. I thought he played I well. I at the moment, Coote has been the difference in the Cowboys. I also think Coote's got inside knowledge on... Those plays he plays yeah. with Thurston. Well, again, he plays with if, Scott. If, if you're going to go off form again, Morgan. but we're not going to. I'm not saying Moylan's form's been bad, but a couple of weeks back from an injury, and I think his last two games have been pretty good. Coots basically been close to the best fullback besides Dugan, but we need Dugan for a different purpose. Yeah. So I have Coot as fullback as well, uh, and Dugan in the centres. But basically, the principle there is on kick return, Dugan's going back to fullback. He's taking those carries for me. And Coot is basically playing fullback while well, we've got. You play them all. You play. You play. Play your best three return men at the back, which for me are Mansour, Dugan, and Coot. Well, you watch Coot at the moment for the Cowboys. He doesn't return anyway. He hands the ball off nine times out of ten to. Yeah, but I think felt. you need him there to hand the ball off. Yeah, that's fine. But if not, I reckon it makes no difference if you switch things up third or fourth tackle and stick him on the wing and let Dugan slide back. Yeah, I agree. So I've got Coot there for that reason. Ferguson. I went Roberts on the wing. I'm with you with Mansour for the yardage carry, but I think Roberts, uh, white form, probably hasn't been up to scratch. I think he can blow a game open, and you haven't seen as much just because he's playing in such a quality side. Yeah, Brisbane. look, I, I think I think he's overrated, James. Like, overrated in the fact that I wouldn't pick him for origin. I don't, I don't think he's done enough to get anywhere near origin for me. I think Mansour's been knocking on the door for a couple of years. So, well, Dugan and Jennings, uh, my centres. Maloney and Pierce. I have, but depending on the Pierce situation and how bad all our halves are, I honestly wouldn't have a problem with them going with Townsend, just picking the Sharks halves. Um, yep. He's been in better form than anyone else. Caesar, Reynolds, you name any of them. He's been better than every single one of them. And he was better than Maloney the first few weeks as well before Maloney found his niche. So, uh, yeah, if people don't like that, that's just too bad. Gallon plays in the front row with Tom out. I've got Michael Innes. I think he's been in better form than Farrah. I think Farrah's dropped a peg the last year or two. I know he got carried on the weekend as well. God forbid that was an awful incident, but... Um, we already know where this is going. He's going to pick Farrah anyway, so it doesn't really matter what I think. He loves Farrah. He said to pick him for New South Wales Cup. See, I wouldn't pick Ennis. If I was going to, I'd pick Pete's. If you're going to go, well, you're going I've to go past those two. the other week again. We if, haven't won games of Ennis in the past. If we're finally going to, we have, but not in a series. Wait, who? When? He's come in a couple of times. We've won those game threes where we've well, picked I'd like to see his win-loss so. record in origin. Because I'd like to see Farrah's as well. Well, exactly. I, I think 
both of them should go. To be fair, it's um, not going to happen. It's not. And for me, Farrow is a much better footballer than Pete's is the only one we have left to back us up. Uh, back row, I've got Cordner and Wade Graham. Lock, I've gone Greg Bird kind of reluctantly. I, I kind of wanted to move Scott Bird, all those guys on. Uh, if I had it my way, we'd probably pick Jack Bird or Jackson or somebody else to play Lock Merrin. But it's, how do you pick Jack Bird at Lock when he's not playing Lock for the Sharks? Well, I think naturally, if he was going to play a position, that Lock's a pretty good one for him. Or yeah, but in play... Origin, it'd be like, yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah, it's not going to, but I'm saying there's different ways to go about it. The bench, uh, different ways to go about it. But I went Clemmer for feeder, Cartwright and Merrin. Cartwright's basically a utility. Um, the one who I think is very unlucky, and again, people probably will never pick him there, but I think he's an ultimate game-breaker if he wanted a, a super subs, Peachy. Yeah. I really wouldn't have any hesitation if we wanted a genuine utility player, an impact player. Well, I think Cartwright's that. Like, well, he can be that, but he's a lot slower. I think in a game, if you really wanted to pick a genuine utility who can do just about anything, Peachy's that guy. It's not going to happen. And Woods, I left out similar reasons to you. I think he's a great club player. Um, I haven't seen him dominate an origin game. I don't. And he needs he, to get a haircut, let's face it. I don't see him dominate tackles. I don't see him dominate runs or pop offloads or things like that. He's quality. He works his backside off. But I think Clemmer, um, you know, at least hits the line hard. He's got to learn to find his front more often now. He gets momentum and then keeps fighting. Yeah. If he finds his front more often, I'm happy with him. The feeders had discipline issues in the past. We're both willing to admit that. But I'll take the upside, hopefully, because this year he's been a lot better in that regard. Well, he hasn't been. He's given away a shitload of penalties. Um, look, I, I've got my reservations about him, but I'd rather him than Woods. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Cartwright. I think it's obvious he's played his way into that jersey. Can play out on edge. Can play in the halves. Can do a bunch of different things. Can break a game open. So, yeah, if I sat down and put a little more thought in it, I might make a couple other changes if I really looked at it. But that's roughly what I've got for now. Uh, my one we were talking about just then. How bad are our halves? Literally, just form in general. Besides Maloney, no one else has put their hand up. I think, like I said, Townsend's the other one who's been consistent, but everyone's basically shooting that down. Adam Reynolds, he played well on Friday night. No. One game. Injured, and I didn't think he was that great before that. Josh Reynolds had one of his better games, but... No way. You're not going to pick him. Hodgkinson's been awful. For me, Adam Reynolds is is the one that stands out because he's won a comp. I know he's had injuries, but he hasn't had a crack at origin, so I wouldn't mind seeing how he went there. Um, Because the others, we all know basically what we're going to get from him in your origin arena. But I, I don't, in the end, I don't think it comes down to our halves. I think our halves are good enough to win. Game. Like we won a series with Hodgkinson and Reynolds. Well, let's let's not kid ourselves. I think um, realistically, it comes back to our forward pack. Like we could just get rolled in the forwards. So I don't we'll think see what happens this year. We don't make decisions at critical times. I think as good as Queensland do because of our spine. Our spine's never been up to scratch compared to theirs. Basically, that's my big issue. I think our forwards have been good most years. No, I don't think they have been. The forwards, I think they've been dominated. Well, what are you got any other questions or not? No, zero. Uh, well, what about the home plane? I don't want to talk about it for too long, but thoughts on his return? If he does return, where do you think he's going to end up? Oh, who knows? You know, I think Parramatta. He's said it all along that he wants to go back to Parramatta. The how? All the mail is the Roosters. And yeah, but Parramatta how? How does it work? Well, they're going to have to move someone on. Simple as simple as that. Move a couple of people on. Simple as that. So unless he's going to come back and play for for Zippo for a while. Yeah, but you're not allowed to. You have to register a contract value. Oh, yeah. Well, so. pay, play for minimum what he's worth. Uh, I, I don't know. But uh, for me, I think the pressure's going to go on the NRL if he says he wants to go back and play at Parra, which I think will happen. Um, and then we'll go from there. But, I, you know, outside of that, I, I, 
the Roosters. It'd have to be the Roosters. If it's not Parramatta, it's the Roosters. Who else? His last. Where else is he going to get? His last contract value was around seven, eight hundred thousand. So if you have to register that, just like South did with Burgess, they need to drop some major players again. Well, two. You're going to have to drop two of your bigger names. Or you don't have to. Can't re-sign Norman. Basically, one of the two. Basically, yeah. And I'd rather have Norman and Foran to be honest at this point in time. Yeah, so are I. Mm. You're gambling that Haynes going to return to that form, and you know he probably will, but. Still, I'd rather stick with Norman and Foran, who are a formidable uh, halves pairing. It's something that the club's lacked for a long time. So, for me, it's a no-brainer. I'd, I'd be happy to let Hayne go to go to the Roosters, see how he goes there. Yeah, that, that's if he comes back at all. I mean, for me, I, I think if he's going to go and play sevens rugby, I don't think he's just going to do it for the Olympics. No, like if he wants to do him. rugby union, grab, I think grab a medal. I think he'll he'll maybe go and play Super Fifteen. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But your questions, Michael Johnson, who's the best finish in the comp? Uh, he thinks Holmes, Rona, Semi, or Oates. Holmes is the most spectacular, but is he the best? best well, I think they're, in all, the comp? they're all good in their own individual way. Obviously, Radrara is very powerful. Rona is very classy, uh, and Holmes is very fast, and he's classy as well. Um, who else did he list? Oates. Holmes. Yeah, Oates is, Oates is powerful. I don't think he's up there with the best finishers. Oh, I think he can. He can. He uh, scored he can, some crackers. He has, yeah. Like grand, grounding the other week. He has. But personally, hard. I think over the last 18 months, probably the best finish has been Rona. Yeah, Rona's got a touch of class. He can leap. He can control the ball. I'd probably go him or Holmes as far as if you want to go quality put-downs. Semi, in that last game last year, you got away with two knock-ons going in trying to put the ball down. Yeah. He can score, no doubt. But if you're telling me... To the corner, battle for the corner post, dive late, make the ball, find the grass. Probably Rona and Holmes are neck and neck, but Rona, I'm probably with you there. Yeah. Uh, David Spadaro, why is a five-day turnaround, uh, five turnaround such a disadvantage? What does rugby league players' week look like? Well, it's not a disadvantage. Unless you get them back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Like, Manly have had a few back-to-back, which just kills you. Well, it is bad if, but if you've got one, But if you've got one that... You know, and then you've got a seven-day turnaround, or or a seven into a five into a seven. It's not. It doesn't make a massive difference. Yeah, but we're talking like being subjective. It could be a bad thing if you've got three or four blokes who have got bad niggles or corks. But we're or speculating. Got to that, that's going to be bad whether you've got a five-day turnaround, whether you've got a seven-day turnaround. Oh, the, the extra days can make a difference with the amount of physio me, treatment they get. I, it doesn't make a massive difference, and well, the reason why you hear so much um, hoo-ha about it is because of the coaches. The coaches whinge about it. Yeah, they because do. they want to have that extra session where they flog the shit out of the players basically that's the session they lose because realistically you're still going to have your you're going to have your recovery and your video uh, you're going to have a, a short skill session and you're going to have a, uh, a captain's run the only session there that you're missing is the, the flog session mm. so for me I look I, I you know Trent, Trent Barrett this year um, I know Craig Bellamy last year they had multiple in a row which is ridiculous it's, and especially when you're travelling um, but if you've got one in a blue moon get on with it it's part of the game. The Bucks, though, given that three of the bottom place clubs are NRL owned or the NRL doing enough to assist these clubs in being successful. Well, they are because they're funding them, basically. Well, uh, if they didn't, if they weren't NRL owned, they wouldn't exist. So they're doing their job. It's the club's fault in the first place for ending up in that situation, realistically, and they've got to try and dig him out. Uh, the Newcastle situation is definitely not their fault. There's no way that's their fault. The Tigers won again. Definitely not their fault. That's poor recruitment, poor management. By the time they come in, Usually the damage so far has been so bad that it's not something they can turn around in 12 months, 24 months. It's a long-term project. So I can't blame the NRL for that. And they tried to help last year even with your mob, getting Daly Cherry Evans. But still, at the end of the day, that rule was there. He backflipped. Uh, they can't make anybody go there. 
It'd be like right now if they said they wanted to put Jared Hayne at one of those clubs, he wouldn't go to any of those three clubs. There's no way. I think the Titans are getting to a position where they're going to be able to attract some players. The other two, no hope at the moment. No, but it's their own doing. It's not the NRL's fault. They dug themselves in such a bad hole that by the time the NRL gets there... Well, it was either be NRL owned or don't exist. Yeah. So Simple. I don't blame the NRL for that one, champion. Uh, what else have we got? More questions. Andrew Wales. Great win by the Titans. Can they make the eight? Yeah, I think they can. Well, the amount—I don't think they will, but I think they can. The amount of teams going up and down week to week and the form being shown, honestly, you can just put the top four out on their own, and I don't think anyone else really scares me, bar maybe the Panthers. If things work out well, they're a bit of a dark horse. Panthers should be in the eight. Dogs don't scare me. Souths don't scare me. Paras obviously been scratched now. The Warriors, the Dragons. There's no one that really sticks out to me. Panthers are the only one bar the top four. If things all clicked and went well, that I could see upsetting somebody because of the way they play their football. But I still don't like their halves enough to be able to beat one of those top four in a critical game to make a grand final. Yeah, I think it was, the, the top four is are uh, obvious, and then outside of that, it was Parramatta and Penrith. Yeah. Russell Harder, which team would benefit the most from home? Anyone. The question I think really, again, is like we said, who is he willing to go to? If he can't come back and play for a decent side, and I think the two you can highlight, you said Parramatta, uh, I'd be with you there. They're obviously, but the, with their situation, it's near impossible. The other one's the Roosters. I think he would play for the Roosters. If you're going to go play for somebody else, they, you know they're going to have a decent side, well-funded, good players around you. Yeah. Uh, anyone else? I'd consider the Gold Coast if I was him, but I'm not him, and will he? I doubt he will. Um, but I don't know. They've got the money. Hope so. There's been mention of Manly now. I don't know if Manly would get the money from. <laughs> Manly spent a lot of money, and even with Lyme moving on, he's not on that much of a wicket. They'd be able to fit somebody like him in. So. Yeah. Um, but who would benefit the most? Obviously, one everyone. He's going to he's going to make everyone. an impact anywhere, unless you've got an elite yeah. fullback, which only about probably four or five clubs do. Well, most of the bottom sides would, but he's not going there. So yeah, that's simple as that. It's basically I think if it's not Parramatta, the only other one I can possibly see is the Roosters. Yeah, because they've got the cash there. They've got the cash, the setup, and even if they don't have the cash there, they've got the cash there. Yes, they do. Uh, here we go. Also. Nigel Huntley, I have thought Rapano would be a better fullback option than White for the Raiders. Thoughts? Well, I think ball playing is the big issue there, whether you've got White nor him there. Uh, Rapana definitely strong. I, think, carry. I don't I mean, I've spoken to you about this for a while now. They've got a kid, Kotrick, playing in the 20s, who I've seen come through for the last three or four years. I think it's a no brainer. He's going to be the future, put him in there. White, for me, is a centre at best. Um, and Rapana, I think he's doing a good job where he is. I wouldn't really move him. I wouldn't break that edge up between him and Leilua. They no. create so much havoc, I'd leave them alone. But for now, that's pretty much the only other option. In Cup, they've got Zach Siena playing fullback. He's not a bad player, but he's not a first-grade he's fullback. He's the old Cowboys winger, isn't he? Yeah, he's not a first-grade fullback. Uh, or he's not going to do a better job, especially on kick returns, which is Jackie's strength. He makes plenty of, met- plenty of metres. It's the errors, though. The errors absolutely kill him. Uh, Blake Ashford, I'll be short and sweet. And it's not the Blake Ashford you're thinking about either. Not the former Tiger. And he's asking about the Tigers. West Tigers, what the f... What the bleep? Yeah. Well, I don't know either because I tipped them. I expected them to win and then they laid an egg. So I'm, I'm off the Tigers. They're done for me. Yeah. Get beat by 60 then turn up and beat South and then roll Watch over. Watch them play South and thought, how good's this? They're going good. Maybe they've turned the corner again. Well, I said well they won what, three in a row to start the year and then lost six in a row and then... I, I don't know. I said it last week. Can't so, work as it soon out. as the name Tedesco's not on the team sheet, you won't find me touching them. Yeah. Tedesco's their best I don't think Tedesco's going to make a difference to what they dished up on the weekend, just quietly. Michael Thompson, are we going to see the Tigers from round one and round two with Farrah out again? I don't think so. Not, I think he'll play this weekend. Farrah? Uh, they didn't name him. I don't know if he'll play or not either, but yeah, I, I, I don't think, think you're going to see those 50. Tigers. I think uh, things are a lot different mentally by no, this I don't point. think it's because Farrah's out. 
I think it's just going to be a lot different by this point this season. I will say one thing positive for Tigers fans. I commentated Matt Ballon on the weekend. His first game back, he was outstanding. Mm. So oh, he's a gun. Whether they use Manoa Charrington and him or uh, not just use Ballon full stop, I don't know. But he was brilliant in New South Wales Cup on the weekend. Nigel Huntley's first question was, if the bunker can remain consistent using the Blake Austin high tackle as a line for what's reportable, then I'll be happy. Somehow, I doubt that will happen. I agree. Yeah, I agree. That well. should have been reportable. And the fact they didn't get a penalty for that was absolutely insane. Well, insanity. his nose was across his face. So. People can dive and pretend their neck hurts and get a penalty and get put on report, but a bloke literally gets cracked in the Don't face. Don't start about diving. Well, yeah. Don't start. So angry. Andrew Pointer, should Sydney teams look at running double headers in Sydney rather than Queensland? Absolutely. They should run them everywhere. They should run one in Adelaide. They should run one in Perth. They should run one in the Northern Territory. They should run one in North Queensland. They should run one everywhere. New Zealand, it's a no-brainer. How good is it if you can go and watch two games of footy? If you get quality games, I thought, I thought both of the weekends would be quality. Manly lost Stuart Matter and then laid a bit of an egg in their performance, which was disappointing. But both those games I was looking forward to. Yeah. So if I lived in Brisbane, I definitely would have been looking to go. Graham Wright, should the NRL use the war chest money to bring back superstars no. like KSBW, grow the game at grassroots, no. keep up the good work, you champions? Thanks, champion. Nah, it doesn't no. it doesn't exist. It was a David Smith thing, basically. He beat his chest that they'd spend money to help people get back. But you've got this same argument again. Are you going to help Parramatta after they've just cheated the salary cap to get back a player of that quality? To be over the salary cap and again. Ma- yeah, but if you're funding it, no one's going to be happy. And then if you've got a war chest, increase the salary yeah, cap same deal. across the it, whole whole competition. It's where they go, though. That's the big problem. That's what why. Where they go? But this, just well, what do you mean? What I mean? Seven million dollars. If you spend you your money, you can't just give one club no, that's a gun player. Exactly. What can't I'm do it. So you so can't if they've have got, seven say million. They, for argument's sake, they've got six million there or eight million there, and you've got sixteen clubs. Split it up and increase the salary cap by five hundred thousand, and give every club five hundred thousand. That's exactly what I'm saying. They're it's going. You, if Sonny Ball oh, comes Dave back Smith. and you go the war chest, he goes. Yeah. I'm only playing for the Roosters. That's not fair. So no, it's not. You can't do it. It's not. And, and it's, we've we've said this before. It's the same as players that uh, just, uh, muck up or get charged or spend time out of the game. If they're going to come back, they should go to the lower clubs. That's how it should work. They should, should be on a draft system. Only be able to sign. I don't even think a draft. Only the teams in the bottom four. No, like a draft system in the if whoever's lowest, that you either go there or you don't play anymore. Simple as that. Bottom four, basically what we're yeah. saying right now. You can go to Newcastle. You can go to the Tigers. You can go to the Titans, or you can go to you know etc. etc. Look how many times Canberra has let somebody go and someone else has reaped the benefits. Correct. And they've got an reward. For and and uh, Canberra have had to do it. Otherwise, the NRL would have done it. And the NRL just gives them a slap on the wrist and lets them go and play somewhere else. It's ridiculous. Basically. Sandy Hunter, why don't rest blow penalties in the last five minutes when the games are closed? Penalties should be blown regardless of time. One minute, one minute in or one minute to go. The rules, Cameron Smith offside, easy two points, Thurston, Cowboys win the game. Yeah, agree. But I agree. It, it doesn't happen This happens in all. every single Golden Point game. So, again, this week that people highlight Smith or there's been a big whinge fest about that. You know, you know why? Every Golden Point game. It's because every time the referees cock up, we smash them. So they don't want to. They don't want to cock up. Yeah, but this was a good opportunity. So again, it's very easy for them. Somebody. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's this, got a this is our whole this problem. Is big moment. Oh, he's getting me offside. No. Look, every Golden Point game, just about every field goal gets taken. Well, look at the markers. Panthers Panthers game when Vaughn got taken out at marker. That's another one that penalty should yeah, be blown. And, then, and then this week they flipped that, <clears throat> gave the penalty to Canberra that they should have given the week before, and they still could win the game. But it's just up and down. This one didn't really bother me, and again, it's going to sound biased because the Melbourne thing, but every gold point game, if you literally slow down almost every field goal attempt or everything, well, it, wasn't a goal, it wasn't a gold point game either. 
Nah, but either it's goal point or that last five or ten minutes, the whistle does go Same on. thing, yeah. Every team gets away with offsides and things, whether they get to the halfback or not. But everyone's doing the exact same thing. It's up to the refs. They've got to set that standard. They haven't done it. I agree, sir. When's the last time you saw one of those penalties? I can't remember the last time I've seen an offside penalty called. Oh, uh, yeah, it'll be early this year or late last year. And, and, and goal point. One, yeah. I think there was one early this year. Uh, I can't remember one for a couple of years, to be honest. That's just uh, my... Uh, Joseph Palazzi, questions based off what you're saying, what teams will be there in week one of the finals? Well, what we said earlier, I think basically you can book the top four in right now and stop the comp. Um, everyone under them, Parramatta were obviously there, but they've been smashed now. The Roosters have made their run hard to fight their way in. The Bulldogs are nowhere near consistent enough. Probably the only one well, I No can, one's consistent enough. No, but the only one I really find threatening, given on their consistent Penrith. results and getting some players back and the way they play, that could upset someone's penalty. Yeah. And even I don't so think... So you've got five. They, with their halves, I still don't think they can do enough. I'd throw in Canberra, because I think... Well, Canberra, the same really throw in the Dragons, because the Dragons oh. have been winning some games. But that's what I'm saying. I think, realistically, there's five teams at the moment that can win the comp, and I'd be very, very surprised if Penrith did. If it didn't come from the top four, then I don't know where it's coming from. I still think you've got the Broncos and Cowboys basically daylight, and then you've got Melbourne and the Sharks sitting together. And then if I was going to push the case to someone, Penrith's fifth. Then How do you like, say daylight? Because you've just seen Melbourne beat the Cowboys. Yeah, in round 10. Yeah, but so what are you, about uh, are you a fortune teller? Like, I mean, it, realistically, a lot of the time, the side that you think is going to win the comp well, at this time of the year never does. Last year, again, we rolled them... About what? This time last year, we weren't talking about Cowboys definitely going to win the comp. Round, oh, we, we were talking we, about the Roosters. We tipped them to win. No, the we comp. were talking about well, we did, but we were talking about the Roosters being strong and the Rabbitohs probably winning. It's their no, comp to lose. We were never on the Rabbitohs. No, I'm just saying we the, the general the, the general consensus was we were on the Cowboys. Roosters, We tipped the Cowboys to win the comp the last three years, and we expect better. And they delivered last year. Not the last three, but anyway, yeah, I, we tipped them last year. But the Storm, again, when you look at results, we dusted them last year heading into the finals and got absolutely pumped in a prelim, and I wasn't surprised at all. Mm. Um, so for, I still think what I've seen, what I see on paper, what's going to be injuries, yeah, but daylight, most likely. You, you don't know daylight. But I still think those two daylight. are a lot better than there's Melbourne and the, the Sharks. Sharks have just beaten the Broncos. Who are doing very well. And then, yeah, I think there's a handful of sides, but the Bulldogs probably find their way in because they've already won a handful of games. Penrith, um, and then I'd be looking at maybe the Raiders... Who knows? Who knows? It's the top four. And then just below that, they're going to make the finals. They're not going to go anywhere in the finals. Yeah, there's a a very big gap. A very, very big gap. Jay Strasbach. Boys, do you think DC is as good as the hype suggests? He's still only young, but his game management control seems to be lacking. They would not have won the game, but there was one point when Tapia and Roberts had a little bit of a biff in the second half. Man, they got the penalty in the Bronx line. Had a set and a half down there, went to the right side every play. Not once did he uh, clearly fight up Tapio, get the ball to run at Hunt on the edge close to the line. Bronx get the ball, run it to power. He lets out his energy, giving away a dumb penalty. What's your thoughts on Daly at the moment? Well, he was injured for a few weeks, but I think in general he doesn't control the game that well. But um, they knew that when they let Foran go. Yeah. He, he's never been a controlling half. He's always... Very similar to Norman. You watch Norman play like on Friday night without form. He looks similar to what Daily Cherry Evans does because he's he's always off the cuff. He's always uh, very eyes up. Give me the ball, I'll play eyes up. He's not going to push a side. He can't push a side around and also orga- and organise attacking plays. They need that 
stabilising half with them. Cherry Evans is the same. It was a massive mistake to let Forum go. Yeah, well, the male's coming. And a massive mistake not to find a half to pair with him. Well, to be pairing Dylan Walker with him. The male's been very strong the last two days. Obviously, the Cooper Cronk deal in Melbourne for everyone out there is done. They're basically just sorting off-field stuff for business things, blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't know that. Soon, you know as soon that. as they said that and they know that's happening, basically, Blake Green can't be paid. So there's already an offer come from Hull FC, whether he wants to go back over there for nah, massive he money. he might want to go over there. But there's been two offers in the NRL. One's the Tigers. I doubt he wants to play there. The other one they reckon now is Manly. have basically given up on the Walker thing. Well, Lions gone. go very well. So that would be Evans. Walker playing in the centres next year when Lions gone, and they've gone after Green. Yeah. So once the Cooper Cronk thing's sorted, unless he's willing to take a pay cut. It was Trent um, Barrett. Trent Barrett playing Walker at six was a conceding that they didn't have anyone that he trusts to play in the halves with Cherry Evans. Well, they were not. just hoping to have someone hold down that edge. But the problem is now, if I'm coaching against Trent Barrett and Manly, I'm just putting an extra defender wherever Cherry Evans is. Yeah. And he just he can't break down defences. And again, without Brett Stewart there, Tommy Trebojevic at the moment doesn't have the ball-playing ability. There's not an extra focal point or somebody there to kind of help him out. Well, Trebojevic only has come back. No, but even back. in general, he doesn't have the ball-playing set-up or the hands or the experience well, of Brett Stewart. So and I, I also think their forwards got hammered on the weekend. Yeah, they, they did have a rough and night. And for all these gun forwards that they've bought, like, I mean... To Powell, he's yeah. I'm not gonna not gonna go there. No, Nate Miles has been the worst one of all. If he well, gets picked for Origin, I'd be very surprised. Uh, he Chris, will. Yeah, he will get picked sure. for Origin. Did Nathan Peets? This is from Chris Crow. Did Nathan Peets leaving really affect the Eels that close to game day? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely yeah, hurt, hurts the team, especially when you're close with some blokes. He's been there for a couple of years now, so. That would have affected them. I think they would have fired up emotionally. He's a quality player. I basically think they shut down in that game. They got their couple of tries out and looked like things were going good, and uh, they shut down. So full credit to Luke Kerry who came on and played outstanding. But and with the Dragons, good defence, and now with the new just play what you see, are they a top eight chance? I think they could probably scrape in. There's a couple of teams barreling around. Yeah. Are they a threat? No, no hope. Yeah, if they get there, well done. But I don't think they will. Nah, they're not. Threatened. Well, I think they probably will. But they'll get there and lose first week. Yeah. Or they might win first week because they'll be playing someone that's around the same sort of inconsistent well, form. Well, if Penrith are fifth and they slip an eighth, I don't see beat Penrith. I don't think so either. But they have. They've already beaten yeah. Penrith this year. Like round two or three. Again. No, it was, yeah, I don't know, round yeah. four, I think it was. No, Moylan, a couple of those blokes like that. Easter so. Sunday, round four. Yeah, no, Moylan, a couple of those blokes. I'm not reading much into that. Daniel Hollands, couldn't believe how many times the dogs got round the Tigers on the edges. What defence... Plays that poorly are the edge forwards and halves who don't slide across to blame, or are the centres and wingers that rush up in at fault? The, the centres and wingers that rush up and in when they don't need to. Well, the and other one again. A lot of them just on the Tigers in particular rush up and just sit. Yeah, but the other issue, and he's done this before and still hasn't learned. He played love it in the centres last year, let him get carved apart by the Panthers because obviously not quick enough to play in that spot. He put him uh, out in the centres again for a point in time when you got Chris Lawrence. He's played a lot of time out there. Put the bloke who played centre for almost 150 games in the centres. Don't put the back row and go, I think he's got a younger set of legs or whatever. He clearly struggles to defend there because he doesn't play there. The Tigers are a basket coach. So their whole defensive setup's awful. They don't dominate. The whole club's rushes. awful. It's, it's a big struggle. Then, uh, Brendan Loftus, with all the talk of the Eels and they're coming out fighting, what do you make of South Sydney's display, especially the Forge? Cheers, lads. Love the podcast. Cheers, champion. Um, South. I don't really still take too much. I think they were better. Uh, they were more solid as a group, obviously, but I still think Tom and George need to show a bit more. Sammy had a massive game. I thought Luke Keary obviously proved the point. I had a point to prove when he came on. G.I. looked better at six. But I thought they were solid without being too outstanding. I kind of thought that Parra took the foot off the throat when they should have kicked on with things. Parramatta were leaving by 14 with 20 to go. They should have won that game easily. Definitely. Uh, I still think their forward pack's got some improvement. Though. He's and the fact south. that Lockie's 
Yeah, I know that. But, I mean, the fact he's kept uh, Kiri on the bench is just ridiculous. I mean, put, put Inglis in the centres if that's what you're going to do. But you've got to play Kiri. Have to play Kiri. They look rudderless. Same, same thing. You can't play someone who can't organise or ball play in the halves and not expect the, the defence just to pressure the other half. As soon as Kiri came on, he was making line breaks and looked dangerous because Parramatta the whole night had spent their focus pressuring Adam Reynolds. Um, and then when they had the two-pronged attack... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. They look so much more dangerous. So if, if, if the end game is you're going to play English in the centres, name him in the centres and play him in the centres. The biggest thing for me the other night for South Sydney is they played up-tempo for once. It wasn't slow and well, crappy. I think they did. I think they played slow and crappy for 50 minutes. Like, they sort of kicked up a little bit when uh, Kiri came on. But watching them live, they're, they're terrible. South Sydney, it was just that Parramatta were, Parramatta were awful for the first 20 minutes of that game. They shut down. And they were awful... At the back end of the game. Parramatta were the better side in that game for at least 50 minutes, I thought. Par- uh, South got a little bit of a sniff and managed to get over the top of in the end, but I thought that was a low-standard game, to be fair. No, I wasn't a big fan, but uh, that's all your questions answered. So that's the Fast Five. We jump in now to the reviews of the games from the weekend, starting off with the Dragons and the Raiders, 16-12. Honestly, the first half was awful. Yeah, it was just a weird game. First half blackout. was very dour. You had the blackout. You had guys, like I said, off a short turnaround. You could kind of pick that. It was a pretty flat vibe. Um, typical St. George. No offence to your fans out there, but just boring. When they scored off a crash over a couple of metres out, and every time they're inside the 20, they looked absolutely rattless. They had no idea what they were doing. They're running the block-block shape one way, run it back the other way. There's just nothing in attack. There's dead set nothing. Second half, Canberra, I thought, through the kitchen sink, busted them open plenty of times, especially at that edge of Rapana and Leilua. Biggest problem, they couldn't die on a play. They wouldn't take a quick play the ball and set something on the back of it. The one time they did, they scored straight away on the right edge, but every single time they wanted to go for the home run hit, and they probably bombed six or seven tries. Yeah, they did. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to give credit to the Dragons where it's due. They defended, kept turning up, scrambled, even though those errors were made. You have to be there. And they got the result in the end, but I honestly thought that Canberra just needed to die on a few play the balls and take the next play, and they would have won that game. Yep. Um, and it was probably highlighted again their night when Whiten threw that pass and they lost in goal. What was he thinking? He wasn't thinking. What obviously. was Jack Whiten thinking? <laughs> it was I, I, loose. I, wow. Uh, for the Dragons, though, I thought Frizzell, that was probably his best game. They played him in tight. He got plenty of football because he definitely doesn't get any decent football on the edges this year. So getting him involved was a smart idea. And I thought Ewan Aitken, who was very good in country, had another good game and then had that moment, obviously getting to snag that football uh, on the Raiders side of things. I thought their halves both struggled, particularly Austin. I know he's had some injuries, but he didn't have a great night. Their forward pack was pretty ill-disciplined. They made a lot of errors and penalties. They just basically just killed themselves. It was 8-1 at one point, error-wise. Um, yeah, they woke up late, Canberra. Like, you were just waiting for him to click all night. They woke up late, managed to get themselves the golden point, and then... The reason why they got the reason why they didn't put the game away early was the reason they lost the game in the end. And then Poor discipline. The field uh, goals. And the Dragons deserved to win. Yeah, they did. But the field goal set up. He hit Bateman in the back once, who got in his path. Like, realistically, you watch that game. Dragons were the better side for 60 minutes. 
at least, you know. And it's just that Canberra got that class. They clipped in the gear, managed to get it a golden point. But the Dragons deserve to win. And the consistency we talk about the bunker. The week before, they get no penalty for using the wall. This week, they blew that penalty straight away. Um, obviously, it was easy to blow it because it was coming out, uh, you know, coming out of yardage. So they got the piggyback. It's not like they were giving away two points. But it's funny how things turn around after they get it wrong. No, it was a field goal attempt. Yeah. But they didn't give it the week before. They gave it this week, I'm yeah. saying. But it's funny how things flip like that. And, That's uh, footy. Just get it right every week, please. But the Canberra Raiders, they have to travel away to play the Warriors. This is a game they definitely need to win. They've lost two in a row, basically, in that golden point kind of situation. Penrith got them with a field goal, and they should have probably won that one. And they've obviously blown that one. Just go on in the Newcastle game, they had the draw. There's a yeah. few results now that are really starting to hurt Canberra. Yeah, they definitely need to start winning some games. This is my concern with them at the start of the year. Like, on paper, they look great, but yeah, you just can't really you can't trust them. And the Dragons, they play Souths away, so that's a tough game for them. Souths, speaking of, beat the Eels 22-20, 14-6 at halftime. Once the Eels got those two late tries, you kind of got the feeling they might have kicked on and they'd come out with a positive vibe. They did so and scored very early, and I thought, here we go, they're really going to lay the boot in, and they basically shut down. Yeah, they were just, we've just spoken about it. I think clearly uh, Kieran Foran not being there was the difference in this game. If he's there, I think Parramatta win easily. Uh, what basically happened is Parramatta didn't have the attack to break South down. They had a million chances. Um, but, yeah, South were just classy enough in the end. Kiri, I think, was the difference in the game. Um, his impact and, and injection late in the game was enough to to get him through. But South, yeah, don't kid yourself, South fans. That was, uh, yeah... Well, who do they play this week? They play the Dragons, don't they, on yeah, Thursday night? So, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Interesting to see how they go against St George. Yeah, well, you want to see a similar vibe or attitude, and I thought the lineup was a bit strange from memory. They've got Cody Walker back in the side, but he's playing on the wing. Inglis is still playing at six, and Kiri's on the bench again. So it's a, it's a bit of a random setup as to what's going on there, but. All impressions. Well, Kiri's clear, clearly out of favour. Well, all impressions all mail are that the Dragons have now basically yanked that Benji off father. They weren't too sure what they were going to do, but they're talking to Kiri and his price is going to come down because no one else is interested. So it's looking more like more and more likely that he's going to be going to the Dragons. Yeah. That's basically the only offer and the only person they're interested in. So they, they might come to some kind of agreement and it wouldn't surprise anybody, I guess. But, um, yeah, he made a massive difference. He did the one thing they don't do. He dug into the line, got a few blokes down, and that ball around the corner when he slid through the line was an absolute crack at English. Yeah. And the late one, that last pass back to him, was it forward? Probably was, but still. I thought Parramatta blew that game, so I didn't feel too bad for him, to be honest. Hard times. Hard times. Parramatta. Yep. Parramatta got to play Melbourne at Pertec on yep. Monday night. Well, it's they've got to win. Must win game, really. They have to win. Definitely have to win. Penrith versus the Warriors, 30-18. The Penny Panthers, the first half, uh, the kicking game from the Warriors, given the conditions. I thought Sean Johnson would have been smart enough to figure out quickly that he couldn't hang it up in the air if he couldn't control his kicks, but he just kept going to the well and giving away seven tackle sets. His kicking game was disgusting. With the football in hand, he had some pretty good moments. Their attack wasn't actually too bad. Um, They got some points there and tracked Penrith down, but I think the big difference there... For Penrith is the offloads again, and the fact that it's break teams down and make you make repeated efforts and push around the football. And now you've got Moylan back in with a few weeks under his belt, and the halves have settled down a little bit. And they had Wallace at nine there, and he has Peachy. They just have so many football players in the field, and they've been healthy for a couple of weeks. Things are starting to come together nicely. 
Well, their offloads have been their strength all year. I thought the difference in this game was their ability to kick better. I thought they kicked much better than the Warriors well, did. The second half of the win showed you everything you needed to know, really. But even first half, I think to, to, to be that close at the end of the first half, they're only four down, I think. Yeah. It was testament to their the ability well, to... Sound. Yeah, to maintain field position or some sort of field position kicking, and not place himself kicking, under pressure. Kicking into the wind, though, I give the biggest rap for. He said, I wasn't putting anything in the air. He said, I did it once yeah. and I landed on the money. But that was the first that, half. I just grasped absolutely everything. Everything got grasped immediately because the wind was too potent. Yeah. So he did a really good job. But uh, the best thing about the offloads as well is the fact on the back of it, they completed over 90%. Yeah. So that's effective. When you're getting offloads and you can play that ad-lib football and work off the momentum you're building from strong carries, um, if you can complete at that percentage, you're going to win a lot of football games. And the other one who's growing for me, along with Campbell Gillard, is Leilani Latu. I thought he was really good again as oh, well. Oh, he's got... So. In the middle of last year, I thought he was a bit of a powder puff, to be, to be fair. Like quality. He, he was, he was uh, big, he was a little bit overweight, but he's trimmed down, he's running harder, he's playing harder. He's got the ball playing ability too. Um, he's he just played City Country. Like I think for a guy like him, City Country did have a, some benefit. Um, and you're right, he's, he's improved out of sight. Yeah, he's got and a- I can only see him getting better. I think the preseason, full NRL preseason, is obviously done in the world of good. Well, being healthy is done in the world of good. He Correct. Had, he had the same raps always with Clemmer all the way through, but was healthy, unhealthy for four years. So the fact they've got him healthy, you're starting to see a bit of that ability. But yeah. the set of hands on him for a big man, he plays short ridiculously well. And they've got that all over their field, like we've talked about before. Peachy's a football player. Latu's got the natural passing him. Campbell Gillard's a decent player. Yo can play multiple positions. Moylan's just got class about him. And then you've got Cartwright. So there's yeah. lots of players in Penrith, and they all seem to just feed off each other. But... There's that youthful exuberance right now that if the halves could do enough or get better as the year progressed, I think there's enough there, like we said, to be a genuine dark horse threat. Yeah. So things look... And Merrin's settled in better for me too. I didn't like his first three to four weeks, but I think he's even settled in a lot better now. So yeah. good for them. The Warriors, what do you really say? Um, then we got the, saw the photo I'm as sorry well. to say, but it's McFadden. I'm sorry to say. Then we saw a photo of a few of them out in the town after that loss as well. So They're gone. They're the he's gone. They're, they're, I will never, ever, ever, ever tip them to make the eight. Until, and, and remind me of this, please, fans, uh, at the start of next year when I, two of us, is, uh, Sheck is back and I start to get a chubby that the Warriors are going to make the eight. But We do it every year. I can't do it. Well, no, I haven't. This is the first year I've done it, and I can't believe I've done it. Well, I've done Idiots. It. I've done it every year. Yeah, I've know. backed well, it. You just idiot. get in at like seventh or eighth. I always give them that spot, and they never get there anyway, so... The Warriors, Canberra, in New Zealand. So they need to get a result, will they? I don't know. Flip a coin on those two, but I'm hoping that Canberra get the win Yeah, because they've got more potential moving forward. Penrith, they versus the Titans at home after being on the road for so long. So it'd be nice for the home fans to finally see them. Melbourne and the Cowboys. What a game of football. Melbourne just absorbed and absorbed and absorbed. Uh, there was errors, penalties, but they defended their line. I felt really confident in how the game was going to go when they conceded and basically took the penalty goal and got it to 8-0. That, to me, was a bit of a sign of, OK, we'll take this, we'll go back and we'll back ourselves, which is fair, but that was a bit of a win for Melbourne to hang on after being under the gun. Well, I think the game was decided there in the fact that they were able to defend their line into such an attacking potent, uh, attack, attackingly potent side like the Cowboys to, to turn them away was, uh, was massive. And you could see them growing confidence... And from there, um, they were able to win the game. It was a 50-50 game. Great effort. The Cowboys, they're never not in a game, are they? You know, they're never, they're never not going to be competing at the back end um, if they're not ahead. Uh, you know, if they're slightly behind, 
or if they lose a game, they're never not in it. So a uh, testament to Melbourne to go up to Suncorp, take their home game away and knock off the current uh, premiers. And especially last time they played, um, the Cowboys have got hammered in that preliminary final. So, uh, you know, the, the amount of improvement that Craig Bellamy gets out of players and uh, the way he coaches is second to none. He's, well, he's doing a tremendous job. And we're missing seven outside backs. Well, you great. look at their roster compared to the other three top four sides, and they're clearly the weakest in terms of depth. Easily. And we're getting more. So out that of, comes back we're to We're getting coaching. plenty out of players uh, as far as our bench is concerned. We're getting a lot more out of Kenny than I thought we would. We're getting a hell of a lot out of Tim Glasby. Finucane stepped up. McLean's finally starting to play better. And from what I'm hearing, Nelson Solomona was all but gone, going to go back to rugby because everything was too hard. They reckon he's backflipped now and he wants to stay. And yeah, well, we, we heard backflip. that, didn't we? We heard we he was as good as gone as far as we were concerned. Oh, there was an attitude thing and an effort thing. It just there was a lot of tension there, and it seems that he's kind of bought in and he's played well the last few weeks. He has. He still has a silly error because he fights in tackles, but he's a monster. Yeah, he's been outstanding. He's starting to realise what he is. So I bet that was the biggest thing. We took their pack on, and I thought we won. And well, they did. We've done it every game. The Cowboys have rattled at stages in that game. Smith's, Coming out of yardage. Smith said it, basically. Mm-hmm. They don't get enough credit, but they've been brilliant. And I agree that they've been the reason we're in every single game this year, our forward pack. And Munster, I don't care what anyone thinks. I love the bloke. I thought he's brilliant again. He works his absolute backside off. The amount of yardage work he does, his carries, he always breaks. It's Shavosky-like how he always breaks the first tackle almost from there. Yeah. I love that bloke. He's outstanding. bit loose with our two Fijian wingers with some errors, but... Um, with a patched up back line to get the job done, I was pretty happy. North Queensland, I wouldn't read too much into it at this point. Everyone's, everyone knows that you go after the Premiers. They've had a lot more tough games and, uh, coming from Parramatta and Brisbane and everyone, and that's going to be the case because when you're the Premiers, you're the hunted. Well, Melbourne know what that's like. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so, uh, look, that, that's no excuse for them. No. Nah, um, two golden point losses, it's not like anyone's blown them off the park yet, and they lost a tight one to Parramatta. So their three losses are nothing to be concerned with. No. Nah, not at this stage of the year. Definitely not. If you got on the back run home and you're losing game, close games or getting blown out, different story. But two golden point, basic, oh, not golden point, but two field goal losses and one to Parramatta under, you know, week well, before. That was a, a two-point loss. Yeah, with there. Kieran Foran and everybody there. Um, I'm not reading too much in that. So, yeah. absolute cracker game we get this that's, week. That's my point. Yeah. In the fact that the three games they've lost have been in. We get a cracker game this week as well. The Broncos and the Cowboys, they play again. And I think McCulloch got named to come back. So, closer to full strength there. That should be a good game. But this time, that is in North Queensland. So, good times. Melbourne versus Parramatta. I'm looking forward to this as well. They generally seem to give us trouble. I think the last time I've been to Perth. Yeah, they do. A few times I've been to Perth. They've mm-hmm. t- uh, got a decent record against us. So, that'll be a good game. But the Broncos, 30-6 to over Manly. One-way traffic, really. They just killed them to the middle. That Basically, was my big issue. Yeah, 10, 15 minutes in, when your ruck's leaving openings like that and you're getting pulled through the middle, you've got problems. Yep. Yeah, they just got dominated through the middle of the field. The Broncos uh, play conservative, as they do, uh, but in the end, the points rack up, don't they? And, and you know, midway or early in the, in the second half, the game is over. Well, they're just a, a safe juggernaut. They just rolled and punched through the middle and then they ran halves back through there, through that channel that you're supposed to shut up and it was basically like a drain. They were just gargling through it like water was flying down. So very simple, very conservative, but very effective. Hunt, Milford and Boyd just constantly switched back there anytime they found decent spacing, which they did more than once. And Milford yeah. in particular was the one who really, really exposed it, but... They all just did their job. There was no real big standout. Like Milford probably did stand out, but as far as the forwards and everybody else, they just did their job. Yep. They strangled Manly. Uh, I thought from their perspective, a hard week, a couple of late changes again. Massive rap to Darcy Lussick under extremely sad circumstances, losing his mother and he played. Ridiculous. Three days later. Um, I don't know if I could do that, but no. 
uh, our condolences to him. That's that's an all, absolutely awful thing to happen. And yeah, they just they, they weren't there all over the park really, like you said. A lot of those other forwards, Nate Miles was exactly like I said earlier in the year. I don't know if I've seen a bloke who looks more gassed or behind the pace. He's constantly trying to find himself back on side or into the game. It's it's crazy. People laughed at me when I said that I was uh, happy to see him leave the Titans, and that's why. I didn't want him in the Titans. I would have been happy to see him go. But... No, but I mean, the general consensus was that it was a good buy for nah. Manly. I, I couldn't uh, well disagree more. Dave Taylor, him, a couple of those blokes, and we said, Bird, Bird's actually been right this year, but that, yeah, that core group to me all needed to go. Yeah. Um, they all played well at Origin, but never played well for your mob, which is what your principal should be, really. Correct. You should be earning those jerseys. But Nate Miles is definitely a step slower. I don't know if Kevin Wilder was picking him. I don't think he will. I think he will. Um, if he does, I think he's crazy. That's got to Ashley Harrison territory for me, where they put Parker in. That's the best decision they ever made. I think this is a similar decision that needs to be made here. Yeah. Josh McGuire should take that jersey and someone else should come to the bench. So, see what happens there, but... Good on uh, the Broncos. Kicked on after that one. Tapio, he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Does Stuart Maddai come back? I don't know, but they just can't seem to keep a consistent spine or slot on the field. No. Every year, no. Manly seems but to be that's their like issue, this. and they can't find a house partner for Cherry Evans. Simple. Yeah, they're hurting. The Broncos play the Cowboys. Like we said, that should be a cracker. Manly doesn't get any easier. They go play the Sharkies, who are going to want revenge after that. That's the loss. last game that the Sharkies lost. Yeah, and it was an absolutely awful loss, and they're in great form, and it's at the prison, so have fun with that, Manly. Yep. Have fun with that. Speaking of the Sharks, 62 nil. I don't want to say too much about this other than basically what I said earlier. This is an easy game to get off track, get dragged into a dogfight, uh, get greedy and be silly. But I thought after 10, 15 minutes of maybe pushing the envelope a little bit, the Sharks just settled in, rolled through their sets. They absolutely killed the middle. The play the balls, the offloads, the tackle breaks, the line breaks. The numbers were ridiculous, and their halves weren't greedy or didn't try anything stupid. They simply broke down the middle of the field because they rolled so easily. Then they just went through the hands and found numbers just about every time. Yep. They got four to four tries on Holmes' edge. I think they got two on Fecky's edge. Both the back rows grabbed, I think, three tries between them as well. So both sides were played evenly. Hearts controlled things well. It was an NRL side with a bunch of guns in it, basically playing against a New South Wales Cup side. There was 10 kids on that field, I think, that were 20 or seven were still 20s eligible. Yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous, but that's that's the reality. Like I say every week, they're just going to have to grind over the next couple of years, Newcastle, and try and build from within, and then attract players that they can bring in to try and help the core group out. Exactly. Um, yeah. There's no easy way to look at this situation. It's hard. And they haven't wasted the money, and I applaud Nathan Brown. They're not taking dead weight. Like you said, why would I? Well, the Titans had the same mentality, and it's, it's worked out for the Titans. So yeah. a little bit of short-term pain yeah. for some long-term gain. But, yeah, I'm not going to highlight any Sharks players. Everyone basically did their job. Holmes was brilliant and whatnot, but, yeah, it's it's not really a game to read too much into. So they play Manly this week, and Newcastle, they play the Tigers. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the same as the result they had earlier in the year just because of the troops they've got on the field. But hopefully one they can get up for and maybe make a bit more of a contest and build some confidence out of. But yeah. let's uh, see how that plays out. But speaking of the Tigers, thinking that, getting Tim Grant back, Aaron Woods, Elijah Taylor come in, Moses come back in, that they give some kind of effort, regardless of the fact that uh, Tedesco wasn't there. They got trounced, basically. Yeah. 36-4 by the Bulldogs. They got torched early off a scrum just by some absolutely awful defense. Two players rushed in and just left Rona dead set wide open to walk himself in there. 
They lost Suaso Sue before kickoff. That probably highlights that maybe they're doing a little too much in warm-ups. Oh, the warm-ups are ridiculous. Yeah. How long do warm-ups go for? Oh, 30 minutes. It's, it's, there was it's another side that lost someone in the warm-up this week as well. I can't even think who it was. That's two players in two games for them. They lost Sue on the weekend, who's important for them, and they lost Moses before that. And then it didn't get any better early on when Farrah took that ugly... Oh, sorry. It was uh, Newcastle lost the winger. What's his name? Nathan Ross. Yes, lost yeah. him in the Corey warm-up. Corey Dennis played after yeah. he played 20s or something. Yeah. Hard day for that bit. Poor boy. Well, too, too much. The warm-ups are ridiculous. Nice. I wonder why that side start with no energy. They've just done 40 minutes of warming up. Yeah, it's ridiculous. What it a is. joke. Uh, it didn't get any better, like I said, with Farrah copping that ugly hip there and getting taken off. and uh, That didn't look too good at all for, for a stage there, but obviously they took him away precautionary. He hasn't been named this week, but you'd be, you, you wouldn't be surprised if he got cleared somehow if it was concussion. But obviously there was a bit of worry there about his neck for a bit because the way his head went in, so... Yeah. It was all backwards in there, but realistically, I thought the dogs just ran all over them. They offloaded. They moved the football around for once. Kind of did what you should do as a big side that we talk about all the time. But one week later, they'll probably go back to doing what they do. All their well, we'll see. It's, it's full of gold because yeah, the Tigers were horrendous. Yeah, And Parrott didn't do too bad a job, but again, it wasn't a real test of him playing at fullback against them. They ran all over them. Reynolds made like It was an important win, but for the Bulldogs. Yeah. And like I said, they've already chalked a couple up that you wouldn't have probably expected them to, or they've played bad and got some wins, so yeah. they're probably pushing them to you know, be one of those teams. Well, they're inconsistent. They're, you throw them in with the Dragons, the Raiders, the Panthers, the Dogs. The, there's a whole core group of these teams that just can't yeah. string two wins One on, one, one off, one on, one exactly. off. But the, all those teams are going to make up the bottom four. Someone's going to get in the bottom four. Well, it's whoever goes on a run. Yeah, but I don't see any of them, again, like we said, really threatening. No, I don't think so, because they can't be consistent. You can't. Yeah. They're going to have to win four games in a row in the finals, and... Games away from home. Yeah. Uh, Tigers, my God. That really just... Let's not even go there. Like, I'm sick of talking about the Tigers. They're, they're horrendous. They're so poorly run. There's The place leaks like a sieve. Um, they can't work out their roster. They can't back their coach. Like he, Taylor's gone. Let's, he's as good as gone. Yeah, well, the review... Robbie Farrow supposed... basically runs that joint. Um, it's, it's just a G-up. Like, I mean, and they've, they've got Aaron Woods in there as captain, who... You know, good on you, Aaron Woods, but he's not the one running that joint. Robbie Farrow is. Yeah, but he's, he's a leader of that. He's team. also Farrow's mate, too. I get all that, but yeah, it, that's, that's why it's that's, bad. It's all it's bad again. Bad. But then I heard Scandalous on Triple M NRL talking about how good Mark O'Neill's doing. Like, it's all. Well, Mark O'Neill came in and his first thing to do was yeah, undermine undercut. Jason Taylor. That's what I'm saying. Like, but it's... then you've got Scandalous is again, there's another guy who's an ex Tiger. It's a boys' club, really. Well, that's right. And if you run it like a boys' club, you get boys' club results, which exactly. is where they are. They're at the bottom of the table and they stink. Mm. Hard times. Yep. Hard, hard times. They play Newcastle this week. The Dogs play the Roosters. I can think. I just say something on the Tigers? I don't think anything that they do is a result of bad coaching. No. So I think what they do is a result of not listening to the coach no. and thinking that they know better. They do their own thing. It's pretty obvious a lot of the time. Yeah. And even when he basically said, I'll give you that little bit of freedom, they did it for two weeks, and then he tried to... Kind well, of, I think I think that was it was smart in, in the fact that he thought, well, I'll let him go because eventually this is going to bite him in the ass, well, and it did very quickly. But I don't think he's been able to rein him back in. He's never had control anyway, so no. I don't think it's really mattered. No. He's never ever had and any no control. one's given him the support to gain the control. No, well, the Farrah thing was the breaking point when he tried to offload him in that backfire. He was done. Correct. He's been done ever since. So. Uh, yeah, and the Dogs they play the Roosters, so they'll get a sterner challenge of the Tigers. But what Roosters team turns up? We'll have to wait and see. But Titans, Roosters, 26-6. The Chooks were under the pump basically for the first 15 minutes. Penalties, errors, and I thought it was more Chook-esque of the last couple of years, that great line defence. You guys kind of 
spluttered around, but with all the ball and possessions, I would have expected him to score. When they took the penalty goal, I kind of had the feeling that it might have been the Roosters' night. I thought that's kind of, a, you know, again, one of those red flags with defender well, line. They, they traded penalty goals. But the Roosters just basically couldn't get out of yardage, couldn't hold on to the football, killed themselves. Your mob got a bit of extra football. I think they won a lot of 50-50 contests as well where the ball was getting knocked down, got a lot of sets of six again. But the second half was the big difference for me. Not only, they kept on pushing and persisting, but when Parsi and Poulou come on and they reshuffle their side, they killed the middle of the field, they found some good opportunities, and I thought Ashley Taylor and Tyron Roberts did really well in the second half to take advantage. Mm. Well, they did. I mean, the Roosters probably had several chances. You know, the main one, obviously, in the 58th minute when the try was disallowed. We uh, both thought it was a try. A try. That's crazy. Um, I'm a Titans fan. I, you know, I was dumbfounded in the fact that it was... It was disallowed. I think technically he ran around behind him, but that always happens when you turn someone on the inside anyway. The guy naturally has got to come around you. Ashley Taylor's hips were facing towards the sideline. Um, there was absolutely no way that he was going to make that tackle. No. So no common sense was applied there, and that was the whole reason the coaches had a meeting, to allow a little bit more common sense discretion, and then we come up with that one last night. To me, that was a difference in the game. I think if that's awarded, I think the Roosters win. Even as a Titans fan, I think uh, we then scored probably two or three minutes later and we went back-to-back, bang-bang, and then the game was over. Um, But the Roosters, you know, I'm not going to give the Roosters an excuse. They need to to respond to that better. I thought Jake Friend is losing his composure in a lot of games at the moment. He seems to be getting frustrated with referees and getting sidetracked. And he needs to... You know, he's the leader of that side. He needs to keep his composure. Because I thought last night, he lost his composure. The whole side lost their composure and it ended up costing them the game. I still think he played out of his skin. He did. He did. He but I just think at the brilliant. moment, he's just getting sidetracked with referees. He's never going to change the ref's mind. So just get on with it. That's how you respond to it. Boyd Corner was also He was massive. great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, there wasn't a lot of help otherwise there. Joe Burgess, wow. What a night he had. <laughs> he stunk. Uh, I don't know. I was confused when they even announced that signing because, you, number one, he plays in the Super League. Number two, they're like, oh, he's a try scorer. But the most important thing when you play in the NRL is yardage work. He's never done yardage work in his life. No, that's right. And I watched him over there. I'm like, so you've... you've Jaw Burgess. You bought a guy that can get into the corner. Good on him. What's he going to do in yardage? Nothing. Look, when he came over, I didn't think he, I didn't think he was the best English winger. I think Ryan Hall is the best best English winger. Yeah, but he does yardage work. To play in the NRL... He can play... That's what I'm saying. This is similar to when we talk about English halves, and I say that they just have no game control compared to what our halves do, which is why we beat them international level. As far as buying a winger or an outside back, you need somebody who's either a shutdown defender, good in yardage, like a Callum Watkins. I couldn't see Callum Watkins come and play in here. Uh, Callum, yeah, well, what, him what and you, Ryan Hall, they could... said, Ryan Hall. Easily slide. Ryan Hall is basically a front <laughs> rower on the wing like Amanu, so that works for him. The other one that I don't like, and he's going to rugby unions, that Josh Chanley. Chanley. But again, he's good in yardage. To come over here... I think he's a little bit smaller than Hall, but... But he's that power build. Like He'd be Manson. better over here than yeah. uh, But he's that power build, basically. So but let's let's give Burgess some time. I mean, he, he hasn't had a consistent run in first grade. It was a hard night for him last night. Was, he's He's performed in the Super League, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I just thought his build, the way he plays, he as suit, you said, doesn't suit our style. He's the, your old school, I score tries winger, if you get space, I'll find the corner. But he's just, quick. As he's far quick. As, yeah, he's quick, but in yardage, he's horrible. Yeah. He can't help you out. You need yardage wingers. So. Um, good on him for coming out here, but yeah, I'm still confused about that one a bit. But Parsi, Pulu, I thought Taylor and Roberts were great. Nathan Friend was great. 
and just all the older veterans. Like McQueen's been better since he's been up there without being outstanding, but they're all contributing. They're all doing a job. Um, good on them. So Titans broke their duck after five. Yeah. It was a rough run. But like I said, at least they, they were tough during all That's those if you, you know the thing, the, the best thing about your mob, you don't realise that you're on a five-game slide because you're in all those contests, yeah. basically. Besides the Melbourne one, which kind of capped things off, all those other games, they were right there. So you don't kind of recognise, whereas the Tigers, you get dust by 62 points or something. Yeah. Or Newcastle. Well, we smashed by Melbourne. Getting pasted, you know, you, you obviously take a lot more notice, but the effort's there for the Titans. Yeah. It's there. Uh, they've got Penrith this week. That'll be a tough game there at Penrith. And the Roosters, like we said, they've got the Dogs away. But, mate, that's everything, basically. And there's no gossip, like we said tonight. So I've got his tips here. We'll run through that and we'll do the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. But the first one we have is Thursday Night Football. It is South versus the Dragons. And looking at the lineups we've got here for changes, Cody Walker, as I said, comes in on the wing for Michael Oldfield. A bit weird there. Kiri stays on the bench. They've got English still in the halves. Uh, on the Dragon side of things, Benji Marshall's hamstring is gone again, and Joel Thompson got suspended. So Benji cr- Marshall's hamstring's gone, or he just doesn't rate him? Well, I, I thought he was pretty ordinary. Did you watch that game, though? He went down twice with his hammy again. Yeah, I know. So, I, just, I thought he was ordinary, Marshall. Yeah, but he's he def- def- just won't run the ball. won't take the ball into the line. He's definitely still injured, though. Um, okay. So Jake Marchetto, he gets a start in the back row. Jacob Host, a very good player from their 20s in cup system. He gets a second game on the bench there, and Josh McCurran's back in the halves. Uh, flip a coin on this one, to be honest. I probably I trust the Dragons more. Um, yeah, I'll tip South and the Dragons will win. That's what will happen. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to tip South. Yeah, I'd say I trust the Dragons more, but I, I can't tip them. I really can't. So I, I will give some plaudits to South for this week, but it wouldn't surprise me much, like you're saying, if they were to lose that one. And Gossip, he agrees <laughs> with us there. He's also tipped the bunnies, and the odds for that one with William Hill. Dot com a dollar forty four or south two eighty for the dragons minus six and a half is the line there it feels like a one to twelve game south one to twelve three ten and for the dragons four thirty five one to twelve Friday night an absolute blockbuster the game of the round the one I'm looking forward to it is the Cowboys versus the Brisbane Broncos um, we've got the return of McCulloch absolutely critical as far as I'm concerned he's a massive piece of that side. He comes back in, Alex Glenn comes back in, and Adam Blair comes back in. So they get full strength just in time for the right game. And the Cowboys, surprise, surprise, 1-7-8. to seven, eight. And I'm going to tip them at home to avenge their earlier loss, which I thought they got screwed in because I thought they scored in that earlier game, and they lost to Melbourne last week, so I think they're going to be pissed. Uh, I'm going to tip the Broncos. I think the Broncos were better in that first game. I thought they should have won by more. And I think the Broncos are going better at the moment. I think the Cowboys, they, well, I saw some massive flaws in them last week, and if Melbourne are good enough to expose them, I definitely think the Broncos will be. So, yeah. But up there, obviously, it's going to be tough. I'm, I'm happy to go with the Broncos. Yep. I'm based on what well, I saw we, last week. If you flip that away, you wouldn't be knocked, that's yep. for sure. And the odds with WilliamHill.com, seventy about the Cowboys, two fifteen for the Broncos. Minus 2.5 is a line. Again, if you're going to back a market here, surely it's 1-12. to 12. Uh, if you're looking at the Cowboys, 325, 1 to 12, 385 for the Broncos, 1 to 12. Super Saturday kicks off with a stinker. It's the Tigers versus the Newcastle Knights. Not one uh, that really catches the eye, but hopefully they'll just throw the football around or do something to entertain us. But changes here Curtis Sirenen is out. Robbie Farrar is out. What a out. disgusting game. So he hasn't been named. Matty Ballon. 
Dean Hallitau gets the starting spot. JJ Felice down to 20s front rower is back on the bench and Cheekham's named 18th man. No surprise though if Robbie Farrow got back in. I'm not too sure the full extent of that one, but I don't know why Matt Mullins not just playing nine. Why is well, he, he wasting his time? Well, that's like how he, he put Woods back to the bench last week. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? Well, Newcastle, Corey Dennis and David Barno out. Nathan Ross, Paulie Paulie, Sam Mataora and Trent Hodkinson back in. So Cogger's 19th man uh, and they've got a spare there for the bench. This one. Well, look, they both stink. Yeah, uh, typical Tigers. Yeah, I guess I have to. Where's it at? Is it at Leichhardt or is it at Campbelltown? It's Campbelltown. Campbelltown. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go the Tigers, but the Knights will probably win. Where? Well, bounce back factor sixty two nil. I know no one will go near them, but they'll probably win. Like I mean, the, 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 after the way the Tigers played, are you confident tipping the Tigers? No, but no. I've, I mean, I've, we're all I've watched Newcastle. Oh, and... well, I know, but you know what? I think the, the Newcastle will try harder. The Tigers yeah. stink. Yeah, I'm with you. This this is not great in general, but. Uh, West Tigers, $1.35 with WilliamHill.com. The Knights are $3.20, minus 8.5 is the line. If you like Newcastle to grind out the 1 to 12, $4.75. The Tigers, $3.05. If you think it's going to be a dust up again, which I highly doubt, 13 plus for the Tigers is $2.30. Multi value, 12.5 start for Newcastle. If you think they won't get 13 plus, $1.56. Game two of Super Saturday. It is the Warriors in New Zealand versus the Raiders. God knows what you're going to get from either of these sides, but. I think it's much easier to stick with what I know. Charlie Gubb is out. Carter out. Sam Lasono, Simon Mannering, and Tolafola Sipley is at 18th man. Matty Allwood goes into the centres there. Um, when you look at the Canberra side of things, they've got Frank Paul as 19th man. Sam Williams is 18th, so you've got to think there might be doubt on either Austin or Caesar. I'd have to say it's probably Austin because he's been playing with a lot of niggles this year. And Fenson's out with a shoulder injury, so Luke Bateman pushes up to start at 13, and Jeff Lima. Is back. I'm going to tip the Raiders with absolutely no confidence, but I just can't trust the Warriors. I'm tipping the Warriors. I can't trust because I think the uh, the Raiders they've been so inconsistent. They've been as inconsistent as what the Warriors have been. Basically, uh, they just trade turns and gossip. He's gone the Warriors as well. Usually, when he gets in the Warriors, that's a symbol to get off him. But we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. They're a dollar eighty favourites at home. The Warriors with William Hill. The Canberra Raiders two dollars. Minus one and a half is the line. One to twelve is three forty-five for the Warriors, three sixty-five for the Raiders. Thirteen plus highly doubtful, but Raiders four fifteen, three fifty the Warriors. And Super Saturday wraps up with the Sharkies versus Manly at the prison. The Sharks outstanding last week. They'll definitely want a bit of vengeance for what happened early in the year. Matty Pryor, he's out of this one, so they've got David Feeder as eighteenth man. And Bakuya's back from his suspension, so he comes straight back to the bench. Strong side there for them. On the flip side here, Adam Fnuel, Blake, Martin Tapao, and Tommy Simons all out. Jamie Bura, Josh Starling, Steve Maddai all back in. So a host of changes again. Every week they can't seem to keep the same side on the field at Shark Park. I think this one's quite straightforward. I'm tipping the Sharks. Sharkies. 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 And Mr. Gossip is also on the Sharks. And WilliamHill.com has the Sharks heavy favourites. $1.30, $3.50 for Manly. Minus eight and a half is the line there. One to twelve, three oh five. The Sharks four seventy five is one to twelve for Manly. Thirteen plus the Sharks is two dollars thirty. Sunday, Penrith finally return home to Pepper Stadium to play the Tough Titans. Uh, a side like we said that definitely doesn't give too much away. But Penrith, very very good in their own right. The first time in God knows how long I can remember that they don't have an eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth man for the Penrith side. One to seventeen, not carrying any extras. The exact same side as last week. On the flip side, David Mead is out of this game with a knee problem, so they've got an extended bench. They've got Pettibourne. Nathan Peets is obviously 
in this week. He's been named at 17. I'm confused as to how they're going to play him. Would you take Friend straight out and let him play? Or They're talking about playing him as a back row, but that's one of your strongest spots. No, he's got to play nine. Yeah, that's what I thought. And if Friend's gone next year and you've got him for another year, you'd surely you make the transition right now. Why is he named Kieran Mosley? No, I don't know. He's got Kieran Mosley there, so him and Eddie Pettibourne. Uh, I'm going Penrith. Uh, if Penrith are 1-17 and the way they're playing, I like your mob. Yeah, I do too. I, you have to tip Penrith. Penrith uh, should win. I think Penrith will finally start to uh, put maybe a little bit of a run together heading into this origin period. And Mr. Gossip, no surprise. He's a Panther man. He's well, I think daytime as well. Uh, this will be a good game because the Titans will play a bit of footy. Yeah, so will Penrith, that's um, for sure. I, I, I definitely think the line is disrespectful, plus 10.5. I mean, Penrith haven't beaten anyone by... 10, have they? Like, well, they they nah, beat the yeah. Warriors by 8, was it, on the weekend, or 10? Nah, 12. There you go, so 12. But, I, I, mate, I mean, you put the Titans against the Warriors, the Titans are much more tough and consistent than what the Warriors are. That was their biggest win. So, Penrith with William Hill, $1.25, $4 the Gold Coast, minus 10.5 is a line. 1 to 12 for the Panthers, two ninety five. One 1 to 12 for the Gold Coast, five fifty. Uh, Doggies and Roosters, the other Sunday game. This one's usually a good game when these two get together. Hopefully the Roosters want a bit of vengeance after last week's poor performance. Hopefully the Doggies turn up and show some consistency. They're fifty. $2.50 about the Roosters. Minus 5.5 is a line. 1 to 12, 3 10 for the Dogs, 4 10 for the Roosters. Uh, looking at the lineups for this one here. Adam Elliott and Lloyd Perrett joining an extended bench, otherwise they're 1 to 17. The Roosters also 1 to 17, just adding Connor Watson to their extended bench. Gossip, he's gone the Bulldogs, Boxhead, what do you reckon? Roosters. You on the Chooks as well? You on the Roosters? I'm going to give him a chance again. This will um, be your last chance saloon, but basically, I was very disappointed last week, but I'd like to think they bounce back this week and we see a bit more from the forward pack. And uh, Doggy, same deal. If they win, I'm hoping to see a more consistent effort because they're very up and down. Yeah. Um, there's just a massive inconsistency between a lot of these sides. Uh, and yeah, we've given you the odds on that one. $1.53 favourites are the Canterbury Bulldogs. And the round wraps up Monday night. It is the Parramatta Eels against the Melbourne Storm at Pertec Stadium. They need to bounce back. Things are hard. 12 from their final 14. Melbourne, 8 and 2. I couldn't be happier, to be honest. Ben Hampton's out. We've lost another outside back. So Christian Welch joins the bench. They've shuffled Tohu Harris out there into the centres with Chase Blair with the two Fijans on the wings. Um. Parramatta do give us drama. They are 1-17, to but I'm going to back the Storm. I think we're going to chalk up another one heading into Origin. Yeah, Storm. Storm. They should win, I think. Uh, the Eels, they're way too inconsistent. Yeah, well, hopefully we're not flat after getting such a good win. I'd like to think we'd double this up, and we know the situation they're in. We've been through it. Yeah. Uh, obviously under different circumstances. Well, cause... Obviously, the, the market is how it is because they expect Foran to come back. Yeah. But he, still, he hasn't played in a month. Yeah, and I, I'm with you there. But Parramatta with WilliamHill.com, they're $1.80. Melbourne, $2.00. Minus 1.5 is a line. This is a 1-12 to game, I think, though. Uh, Parramatta, 1-12, to 3.45. The Storm, 3.65. So looking at uh, the last one for Gossip here, he's also on the Storm. So the tips, the only game we have different is you've tipped the Broncos, man, Goss are on the Cowboys, I'm on the Raiders, you're both on the Warriors, and we are on the Roosters, he is on the Dogs. Yep. So he sends his apologies tonight, but there is no gossip. The only thing really floating around is obviously all the stuff about Jared Hayne, which we're all sick of. We've seen the five million articles that he did have, obviously. Yeah. He was playing in the NFL, now we're going to get the same speculation about rugby, the sevens, is he going to play, is he going to come back, is he going to the Roosters, is he going to Parramatta, so... Nothing really cooking there. The only real bits of news, I've got a little bit of stuff myself, like I said earlier on. It's basically official. 
Blake Green, uh, once the Cooper Comp thing is sorted, is either going to have to take a pay cut or move on. Hull FC, Motu Tony, he wants a gun half over there. They're doing very well this year. They've made a big money offer for Blake Green. Does he want to go back to the Super League? That's the question. If not... I wouldn't think so. Tigers are there, depending on what happens with Brooks and in, uh, Moses. I don't think he wants to be there, but Manly is a legitimate chance. I would consider that if I was him for decent money to play with Cherry Evans in a, you know, a half-decent forward pack and back line. So, yeah. uh, they're in. Kiri to the Dragons, like I said, that one's gaining traction. That's no surprise. That kind of meets requirements. They need a half. Well, yeah, He's on the outer at South. Money's the big issue. We're hearing Gillette also, I'm hearing, is out. Uh, on the, the the Sharks running he's basically had an offer withdrawn there but uh, it's highly unlikely he was ever going to leave Robbie Rocco is the one they've set their targets on he's not happy with Newcastle's offer Sharks uh, starting to fill him out and see what happens so uh, that's a bit of news there as far as any dirt I have uh, on any players so that's our tips and no gossip this week so he'll be back next week but thank you WilliamHill.com for being on board and for our charity account. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. Boxhead, charity bet, what's the deal? Mate, tough one this week. I think Cronulla are a good bet. Um, I think they're pretty short, though. Yeah, who we got up top? Oh, well, let's go Melbourne. I'm just looking at Melbourne. Melbourne, two dollars. Two bucks, to be honest. Let's just jump on that, then. I don't feel that. Uh, Melbourne 1 to 12, even. At 365. Yeah. You reckon? Let's do it. All right. Melbourne 1 to 12. There's the charity bet 100 on. Melbourne 1 to 12 at 365. So minus the stake, it's 265 potential return right there. But you have the reviews of the games from the weekend. Our Fast Five, we've answered all your questions. We've done our tips and the odds thanks to WilliamHill.com. It's been another great night. I'm sorry you've had to look at our ugly melons. Hello, everyone on Peloscope. Peloscope? Yeah, Peloscope, Telescope, whatever you want to call it. Um, ask some questions guys good times that's, that's you yeah. yeah well basically once I finish these live reads and we're about to wrap up we'll start answering your questions off air the Kaizen Sports and Rugby League Coaching Manual we mentioned before great to have them on board Brock's two weeks into the Kaizen program so if you want to check them out on Facebook Kaizen is K-A-I-Z-E-N uh, and you'll get the link to their website but Kaizen Sports Performance is providing a 10 week Rugby League skill based academy for players aged 12 to 17 in the Western Sydney District. Running on Monday nights, Kaizen understands that all athletes physically develop differently, although in order to progress to high levels in rugby league, there needs to be a strong foundation of skill. Players will be exposed to a number of high-performance coaches to coach the highest level of skill development. The Kaizen 10-Week Academy is the perfect program for aspiring players to learn from the best, to be the best they can be for inquiries. Go with kaizensports.com.au or check them out on Facebook at Kaizen Sports Performance. Rugby League Coaching Manual. As a, diff, uh, as a rugby league coach, you have many different jobs. Some include being a mentor, a teacher, a leader, a counsellor, and a drill sergeant. One of the most important roles as a coach is getting the best out of your players. But if you are doing that, who is there to get the best out of you as a coach? Let me tell you, it's Rugby League Coaching Manual. They've been providing coaching educational material to coaches since '93 through their flagship publication, Coach Talk, DVDs, and Drill Books. All this material is now available online through your very own RLCM membership, which gives you access to hundreds of articles and videos on coaching rugby league. In addition to this, you also receive access to online courses and invitation to the monthly coaching webinar, plus a new edition of Coach Talk every month. To start your 30-day free trial, just visit rlcm.com.au and join as a foundation member today. 
You've got anything coming up for rugby league coaching on your box head? No, I'm uh, too busy at the moment. So Too busy? Well, anyone out there, like we said, all levels, uh, junior football, rep football, senior football, rugby league, coaching manual, outstanding thing to use. Uh, Brock put me on it once I started coaching. I'm, we know a lot of people that use it. It's a great source of information and help. And Kaizen Sports, if you've got a child between 12 and 17, look up their website for future academies. This is something that's obviously going to be running, Brock, in the future. Yeah. Good times and William at the moment, Hill. We're just trying to get through the first one. So, yeah. WilliamHill.com, our major partner, helping us with our charities every year. Uh, thank you for being on board again. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with WilliamHill.com.au. Thanks to Gossip for being an alcoholic and not here tonight. We look forward to talking to you next week. You're a grub, mate. And for everybody else out there, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.